Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Scheduler's Podcast episode... Motherfucking 20, holy shit, great. Um, so, before we begin today, I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of land on which we are recording today. This is, was, and always will be Aboriginal land. Hello, my name is James. If you have not tuned into the Scheduler's Podcast before, this is a true horror podcast where we talk about true crime, scary shit, by somebody who is actually scared of those things. That's me. Hello. And today I'm joined by two wonderful human beings, Geordie and Jeff. Hello. Hey. Hello again. How are we feeling? Great. Good. <laughs> so, Jordi, this is your second time on a podcast. It's my third. How dare you? Oh, my God, it is too. I know, I'm oversaturating this Whoa. podcast. And Jeff, obviously, is your first time. Popping that cherry. <gasps> Thank God. Um, <laughs> I so, don't know why I went to put my finger um, in my mouth to do it. And I <laughs> uh, Jeff, I want to know, like, what you do. Who are you? What's the tea? Uh, I'm a person from Sydney, and I make a lot of stuff. I do things like uh, artworks, costumes, jewellery, lots of creative things creative things, uh, costumes, things like that. So cool. lots of different things. What would you like? Cause I've obviously seen your stuff before, but if you had to like, v- explain the visual vibe, uh, I'm the cardboard guy. So I do like cardboard jewelry. I make lots of like fringed jackets out of, um, old recycled council banners. I do a lot of like theatrical fashiony kind of stuff. And it's all very like colorful. Yeah. And- I like, I worked with like Montaigne before. Mm. I've dressed her for some stuff, which is like a lot of people know me for like at least dressing her once, which is nice. Uh, so yeah, so it's like super colourful. Uh, always see me at like a at a drag night somewhere in Sydney. Definitely, always. <laughs> and there's like um, you do like I've noticed that you've done like little like little people a lot. Yeah, I've been. I guess it's my ISO challenge to myself has mm. been like I draw a lot, but I've never drawn people because I've always been shit at drawing eyes and hands and you know when you were younger and you would try and draw out of like tv hits magazine and you'd be trying to draw like j out of five and one eye would be really great on the face and then like the second i'd be shit but you'd be like oh crap i can't actually draw so i've always just like put it off to the side like i'll never be able to draw realism i'm only ever going to do like pattern work and then yeah i just decided uh, I was stuck in my bedroom for so long. I'm like, I'm going to give it a crack and see what it's like. And now all these little like jelly beanie looking creaturey things are starting cool. to emerge. I like it a lot. I think it's really cool. Thank you. Um, Jordy. Hey. You painted. <laughs> you painted. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. Like what the fuck? You. I painted a few times, but it was just because I needed to like do something that in wasn't. The there was also outside. I like forced myself to go paint outside. which mm. was. Oh, I don't know if I could do that. It was a nice day and it's like, I don't know, I'm up in the back of my like backyard of my house as a shed so I mm. can go and shovel the painting stuff in there and then like not pretend that like that I didn't make any mess and like, mm. but it's all still there. So, well, I think you're very talented and <gasps> you can paint your face as well as you can paint a canvas. Mm. Oh, so. stop it. <laughs> you watch. Watch out National Art Gallery. <laughs> <laughs> the NGA. Uh, love that. Um, so Jordy, have you mm. had any like... Anything happened to you? Spooky or anything Not since really. we talked last? Didn't think so. Jeff? because <laughs> 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 like Next. we talked last time. No, but Jeff, I know that you're, um, you have a strange phobia. Uh, was it strange? I wouldn't call it strange. It's pretty common. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, super yeah. common. Like lots. lots. of people. My auntie. Yeah. Same. Wait, yep. wait, wait. Are you talking about that specific one that we saw? Or is it just no, like in just general? in general. <gasps> Yes, it's pretty. My brother has it. He's yep. terrified of them. Um, so obviously we're talking about birds. Of course. Birds. What else is there to be <laughs> petrified of? So what, what is it about birds that wigs you out? So I actually I have this conversation a lot with a lot of people when I find out they're afraid of birds as well. And like at the core, you could say like petrified of their beaks, their gobbledy necks, their like little talony feet that just like grip around you. Oh. And, like, the little, like, pokey toe that just, like, looks like it could dig into you. The flappy wings, like, all that kind of stuff at, like, surface value. Mm. You think that's what you're afraid of. But I actually think it's the, like, you don't know what you're going to get. Like, a a chicken's sitting there really calm and then all of a sudden it just, like, flaps its wings and runs at you. Or, like, it's like that you don't know what you're going to get. A budgie flies at your head across the room. Like, I don't like that at all. So I think I'm actually afraid of... Maybe not being in control yeah. of that thing. What was that? Because you sent me an image of a bird. <gasps> yes, that. the giant chicken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the giant. Mm-hmm. Can we swear? 
Absolutely. The giant fuck off chicken. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that's the only way What's to describe it. What's it called? It. I, nightmare. I don't know. I'm, it's it it's big. like the oh. when I first got shown it. You know when you have one of those like recoil like mm. kind of, that <laughs> happened. But every time I, it actually comes up a lot when I like go on dates. Oh my god! Well, yeah. It's like a. Actually. It'll. I'll show them, and if I don't get like a ooh, it's like, well, what's the point here? Yeah, mm. um, but it's something to do with how much it like grows when it comes out of the 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 Mm-mm. house that it lives in because it's not a small thing and it's like as tall as you and oh, wait, it's ugh. just it has giant feet too. Yeah, yeah the big yeah. feet. So we're talking about these like it's giant. Like it's wearing like unboots. It looks like a person in a in a costume. <laughs> yes, and it has it walks on two feet. Which is to me is just not okay. Disgusting. Um, and when I saw the image, like, because Jeff was saying, like, I'm scared of birds, and I was like, cool. Like, I love birds. I actually love birds. But then you sent me that image. Terrifying. And a whole new phobia has arised. So. And, and like, haven't you seen all those videos on, like, when you grew up on Funniest Home Videos, where it's like, mm. oh, let's do this whole segment on, like, birds attacking people. So and it's true. like, turkeys running after you. And, like, I grew up uh, on a bit of property in Dubbo. Like, we only had. A few animals, but my neighbours had geese and turkeys and chickens. And they would be like, we're going away for, you know, a weekend or for Easter. Can you look after and feed them all? And it's like, cool, sure. But also, like, I'm not going in the enclosure. Because you'd go to their front door and the turkeys would just, like, go real big and fluff their feathers. The geese would hiss and chase you. Geese have crazy teeth as well, right? Yeah. They have literal teeth. Like, they're petrifying. Yeah. So it's like, it's not just like budgies. Like if someone said, can you put a budgie on your finger? Don't know if I could. Wow. Mm. Even for money. How do you Mm. feel about more like, um, I want to say like regal birds, like eagles and stuff like that. Do you have so much of an issue with them? Because I don't really have an issue with that sort of bird as much as your everyday. It's more ducks is probably the closest I will get. Like webbed feet. Like it's not as like clawy, round bills. Yeah, they're a bit more jet. Like they're kind of like a... Cute. A, 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 they've been eroded a bit by yeah, yeah. By the like, evolution. I've tried a few times yeah. to get over this fear. Like I had a chicken when I was at the end of uni, which it like passed away of natural causes. But like I tried to, and like as like a little chick, cool, cute. that's fine. Yeah. Still fluffy. Cute, 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 cute. That once that adolescence stage happens, and they like start to get feathers, and they start to like brook, brook a bit more. I'm like, <laughs> no, thank you, sir. Take it back. Do not want it. There's a, a whole Can't game. Have you heard of the Untitled Goose game? Yeah, no. I've played it's, that a few times. It's a hilarious game. It's on Switch. I think it's on PC and yeah. every other platform. But pretty much, you play as a goose that just like fucks the people, and you just it's quack. And it's so fun. But I no, think it came you. from a fear of yeah. of geese. Well, um. Andy has a fear of not, well, it's not like a fear, but you know, not birds themselves, but you know, like, um, Ibis wind Mm. where like Ibises, um, they take off in flight and you get that wind of its, um, of its wing flapping and you get that Ibis smell. (laughs) No, (laughs) No, but I can imagine. No, it's really, it's like a very specific smell. I think people will know what I'm talking about. It's because I've said Ibis wind to people and they're like, Mm. oh my God. Yeah. It's like, that is the worst smell. Like when they go, if you like shoo one away and it like flaps its wings, you get this like armpit ibis smell. It's because they're so dirty. That's yeah. Disgusting. Because they literally eat trash. Bin. I think they have like yeah. fleas or some kind of like <laughs> thing on them as well. Like you're not meant to touch them in any Ew. way. There's not enough money so, on this planet. I don't and want that ibis in our I, like. I get a lot of friends, I guess, who like feed my phobia as well. Like I forever, I got a message yesterday from a friend who I haven't spoken to in like maybe three years. She just sent me a video of a guy throwing a chicken that turns into a real person who like fights a battle. It's like this Korean, maybe it's Korean, I'm sure. And then I get, um, I get photos of just like chicken feet, like, um, close-ups of chicken's feet sent Mm. to me from other friends. Have you ever eaten chicken feet? No, thank you, sir. Have you ever no, eaten chicken no, feet? No. Of course not. I've eaten chicken feet. I don't think I could. Have you? I've had chicken Where foots on in a soup. It, were you in a different country? I was in Canberra. Well, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the only reason I'm I'm very I'm the kind of person who will like I'm You're just want to try everything. Ones? Yeah, because like and then I asked the the waitress. I said like, what is your vibe? Like, what's a specialty here? And she's like, oh, the soup. And I was like, amazing. Um, I'll have the soup. She's like, do you like chicken feet? And I was like. No. Can't tell, I couldn't tell you. And then she's like, do you want to try it? I was like, give it a go. No. Um, didn't like it. Something about the fact that 
there's a potential of like a nail. Yeah, it's, <laughs> is it really like jelly like? like yeah, it's very fatty and like oh, gelatinous and um, a little bit bony. Oh, but even so like the feel of that that ripply like skin, wrinkly skin. Yeah, mm. falls into it, and because it's this <laughs> super kind of puffs up a little bit. So she was like, swells. It was swelling. That is <laughs> a swollen chicken That's foot. Disgusting. It's one of Sounds the delicious. worst things yeah. I've ever heard. I like might if I'd like to no, think if I was it. on like if Survivor. I was, yes. <laughs> if I was on Survivor yeah, yeah. or like stuck on an island, I'd yeah, like to think I would. Yeah. You wouldn't. But I might also not. But Probably. also like how many chicken wouldn't you rather actually eat the chicken? Yeah, but you're gonna eat it all at some point. Like, like I'm not something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, enough of the <sighs> enough of this aviary speak. Um, <laughs> what, have, Jeff? Have you ever had any um, like supernatural slash paranormal slash just general scary happenings? I've I've had one experience that I w- I mean, it was to some degree, or we thought it was. Turns out was wasn't as much, but it's kind of funny. So I was coming back from from schoolies with my friend. So I lived in Dubbo. So I was like driving home from the coast to Dubbo at the end of like a week long boozy weekend. And we, it was myself, my best friend and a couple in a car. We're driving through a town called Dunny Doo, which is a very small, (laughs) quiet town, maybe a couple of hundred people in it on dusk. And all of a sudden my car breaks down. And at this point, all four of us were kind of fighting because we're just really tired yeah, and hungover. Yeah. And the car broke down. We didn't know what to do. We're like, we're stuck in the middle of nowhere. And we all love horror films. So we instantly were just like, oh, this is our moment to like live our dream <laughs> in a horror film. Mm-hmm. So we're waiting. Like a few cars came past. They couldn't help us. We all didn't know what to do because um, we were arts kids and didn't know how to fix a car. So this lady ended up pulling up and she like had a dog in a car, seemed really nice, like, hey, I live just up on the hill. If two of you want to come with me, we can go up there, see if we can get some tools to fix it, and then we can come back. And so we're sitting in the car and I'm okay, me and my friend, we're going to go and we're going to leave the couple in the car. But then we also told them, like, don't have sex because that's when you're going to die. <laughs> And also, if we don't come back within an hour, (laughs) you need to come up there to find us because we could be dead. Okay. And so we went up to, like, her house. She didn't have the right tools. I don't know what tools she was looking for, but we just accepted that she knew what she was doing. She said, my neighbour lives, um, my neighbour might have some tools. We went to the neighbour's house. No one was there. We went in a barn. Oh, my God. And we're like, okay. Or she went in the barn and came out. I was like, no, nothing we need. Let's just go back to my house and you can, like, call your parents. I went, cool. This is great. Don't know why we didn't think of that to start, but we just. How old was this woman? Uh, oh, she was probably maybe like in a, like thirty ish. Okay, not so, to, like, like, young ju- enough. Not to judge an appearance, but what was her general like? Like really country, like okay. pleasant country lady, okay, but okay. also like, why are you living on a property by yourself in the middle of no? Like mm-hmm. we didn't know enough. That's what she I was, was, and she was too sugar sweet. So that's what like, I'm thinking right oh, now. That yeah, was way too concern. sugar sweet. Okay. And then so we got to her house, and she goes, "Oh, before you." Uh, call your parents. Can you just help us like feed my pigs? What the <laughs> because like it's just it's just really hard to do and like a lot of heavy work. And we went, okay. holy shit, we're going to become pig feed. Like mm. we're the food mm. for the pigs. And so we went and helped her, like being very weary. And me and my best mate, we love to. I guess we're like feeding each other's fears and be like, like we shouldn't be like, let's just do it. We went there, helped. Like you know, she fed the pigs. Like at schoolies, let's just live. Yeah, right. We haven't died yet. <laughs> We went back and so we, we were fine, went into a house and she's like, okay, you can call your parents now. And so I, and that was the other thing. She didn't let us call straight away. She was like, mm. can That's you weird. help us? So we're sitting there and I was calling my dad. My dad was like, yep, I'll come out. It's going to take me an hour and a half to get there, but we'll, we'll come. And then once she went off to um, get us a beer or something, she was like, you can stay the night if you want. You're more than welcome oh. to stay. Alex, my friend, was like to the side, Jeff, I'd be, I'd be okay staying. <gasps> She has X-Men 2 on DVD. I was like, (laughs) this is not the reason why we're staying. (laughs) But the story just kind of like, so then we went down and got my friends and we came back and we realized she's actually just a really lonely, like wife of an army guy who like was wanted company. Yeah. And uh, we kind of felt bad in the moment for being like, she's going to murder us and feed us the pigs. But she was just like a super lovely lady. And it was like, our moment to have like our horror fantasy lived to like some very That's minor, so beautiful. Very how, was, minor how was like the goodbye was it 
So we I felt did you we, cry? we didn't say goodbye. We were kind of happy to be going home. But I also like we think about it all. Like when yeah. we all catch up, I like, remember the time like that super lovely lady like Aww. was happy for us to stay and play pool and drink beers with her. That could have been the, that could have been your hills hills of eyes moment. Oh but my god! It wasn't. It became your um, um, sound of music. Yeah, totally. Minus the Nazis. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's beautiful. Well, I love that. I would love to go to a country town and be watching X Men too. But right, the dream. In reality, I'm scared of small country towns. Yeah. Um, it can be scary. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The isolation of it all. Absolutely. Okay, great. Um, so <laughs> I went on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> that was the story. No. So proud um, of you. But I, I found some stories that I really want to share okay. because they are so scary oh, and no. they come from are they like um, a creepy pasta moment no they are actually they're police reports um that oh, people crap. so people um have shared their police reports online because they were like people were like this can't be real i didn't believe mm. you and so they share their police report online with like the stamp and the date everything so they're like this is real this actually okay. happened so this is their stories um is this like the story? Is this like a little fun extra? Oh, this is a little fun extra. Oh, God. So no, here's one that I read. <laughs> <laughs> this is the only reason I like this one is because, like, this is one of my greatest fears, oh, hands great. down. So um, I'm 22, and this incident happened a year and a half ago. So this is like a, a young woman mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in America. I just moved into my first apartment and was in the process of moving in. The door that led into my apartment locks itself automatically when closed. So I was going to the entrance of the apartment complex to get my mail while talking on the phone with my boyfriend. I returned to my apartment and sat on the bed while opening the mail while using the phone. I dropped the phone on the floor and it landed under the bed. So oh, I had to lie on the, I had to lie on the floor and stretch for it. I saw something that caught my eye. There was someone under my bed. No. My eyes widened and I choked the urge to scream. The person under my bed was lying lying still with his back towards me. Um, and so, so I couldn't see his face and he didn't see me trying to be rational while so many thoughts rushed through my head. I picked up the phone and said, sorry, I dropped my phone. I'm just going to take a shower and call you back. Um, and then she went on to go to so the bathroom. So the guy the under the, or the person under the bed thinks that they haven't been seen. Correct. Mm. And so she went to the bathroom pretending to talk to her boyfriend, but she's talking to the, she called the police. So she went to the bathroom and she was like, Hi, um, yeah, so me again, um, just so sorry I dropped my phone under the bed. Um, and then the person, the 911 operator picked up really quickly and was like, is there someone in your home? And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, are you coming soon? And then, then like, just like, was very wow. natural, very, very good. Um, I couldn't be that smart the, in that moment. the perp, um, picked up on it as well. And he quickly got up oh. from under the bed. But why wouldn't and she, she leave heard, the house? She, she locked herself in the bathroom and she heard him sprint from the from the from under the bed through the front door. Oh. But he was caught. He was luckily caught. Why didn't she go to the front door, but? Um, I'm not sure. Just I like, guess, I guess, in the moment. Yeah, she, she went to the bathroom and locked herself in. Yeah. Um, that was one of them. Wow. Another one. <laughs> Oh, I'm really scared. Under the but bed it's like, so yes, scary. the moment where you like see them under the bed would be petrifying. But I think mm. I might be even more scared of the idea that like someone just like ran through my house. Like it's I the agree. imagery it's, of yeah, 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 for what sure. you don't see, which yeah. is actually more powerful than what you have and seen. The detail of like she had wooden, wooden floorboards. So she heard like bumping running yeah. through a house. And like no. that is, imagine, because he could be running to the to, towards you yeah. to the yeah. bathroom to like break the door in, but he ran out the front oh, door. Oh, so scary. Um, so another one is a woman, she was writing about this crappy job she had in a, depa- a department store in a mall um, oh. where her managers were like horrible and um, always gave her like closing shifts at this mall. <laughs> um, and so one night when she was on the bus home, her iPod died and she kept... iPod. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> is that story. the scary story? Um, <laughs> <laughs> iPod mini? Um, and she kept her earbuds in and she was like playing a crossword on her, on her phone. Anyway, so about two seats behind me, I hear these guys speaking Spanish. Now, my stepmother is Puerto Rican, so while I understand it's a fair bit of Spanish, I don't speak it fluently. Um, so I hear them talking, but I don't pay attention because it's rude to um, eavesdrop, obviously. And, and, and until they say... Um, that black girl up there, then my uh, my ears perk up. Um, I keep my earbuds in so that they think that I can't hear them and I continue listening. What they're saying is horrific. To paraphrase, they know my stop, second last <gasps> one, before the bus gets back to the terminal. And while my stop is at the front of my neighbourhood, it's no, got no street lights. Um, anyway, oh and to God. put it simply, they were planning on snatching that piece of ass up. Oh. So the woman writes 
and this was about 20 minutes from home, so she had to act quickly. Since she knew they could see her, she pretended to play on her phone while she texted her mum to come meet her. Her mum doesn't respond, so she tries calling. Oh, my God. And her mum picks up. I would up. stay on the bus. Yeah. And then bus driver. On her phone, she says, Mum, can you please meet me at the bus stop? Five minutes go by, no answer. We're getting close oh. to my stop, so I decide to call her cell. No answer. I call the house phone, and she finally answers. It's about 12.30 a.m., so she was asleep. I try to call, oh talk as cheerily and calmly as I can. This was our conversation. Hey, Mum, did you get my text? Uh, no, what's up? Oh, I sent you a picture of these jeans I'm going to order online when I get home. I really need your opinion, so I really need you to look... Um, since that on the sale ends at 1am she gets the hint that I need it's her so jeans. I know. Um, so luckily the um, the mum was able to pick her up from oh. the bus stop and she came she was fine but she what you just said she her plan was to stay on the bus until the end okay that's well because cool. um, that's funny like when I was traveling overseas a few years ago I remember we were in Barcelona and it, like the tour guide or whatever we were with she was like stressing like it's a real it is a really notorious place to get like shit stolen mm. and i don't know if there's a lot of like crime there but oh actually it might not have been it might have been croatia anyway some european town where it was like don't don't really get a taxi like it she was like it's kind of better for you guys to like stay in a group and as much as you don't like yeah want to walk home or anything like that like it's probably just better don't get in an unmarked taxi anything so this girl that I was with was like, oh yeah, my friend who she speaks, yeah, she had some, wherever we were, she could speak that language. She got in a taxi by herself and the guy was on the phone. You know how like lots of taxi drivers are just like on the phone all the time? (laughs) So he was on the phone and he was saying in it that he was going to like drive her not to like, oh, I've got this girl in the back, like Uh, da da da. And she could pick uh, up kind of what he was saying. And she was like, so she heard it and she's like, oh, so um, I'm meeting my dad like at. Smart. Uh, I'm, can you just drop me at this hotel? I'm going to be like meeting my dad out the front and blah, blah, blah. And was just like hoping that that would like be Scare fine. And enough. I think it scared him off a bit. But like she said, it was like the most terrifying. I was like fucked. fucked. And in, what, what? I'd like been traveling around. I was like 19. I was like, wow. oh my God, like I'm going to be like. I've die. always wanted to be in a situation where, like, I speak fluent Japanese and someone's talking mad shit mm. to yes. me in, in Japanese to their friends. And I'm like, Konnichiwa, bitch. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't speak Japanese. I've always wanted that to happen, but, or, or a similar situation where I so can save my own life. But. And just like, I, I hope I would be that on the ball in the moment to be like, what could I think of that would be yeah. like a good impro to be like, I'm not going to be alone. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm probably going to very rarely have to, like, I'm a bigger guy like I look mm. like I could be rough mm. but little do they know that I'm like placid as all hell and like <laughs> haven't been in a fight in my life mm. so like will I ever have to do it probably not see I, I, I would overcompensate I'd be like hi sir can you drop me off at this uh, station my police um, sister is waiting for me and um, her guns need polishing so <laughs> <laughs> drop me off. like I would just keep I would just be an idiot I know, I know um, so Sorry. another one that I wanted to share was this twitter um this Twitter thread that mm-hmm. this, um, Grady, have you heard of this one? No, but I'm just can only imagine what this is going to be. Okay. Why? No, as in like, I've seen like those more current horror films oh. where it's like, <laughs> if this is like a live yeah, tweeting yeah. of like something that's bad and you're like, kind of, on? it's, mm-hmm. um, it's pretty, it's pretty spooky. So this guy named, um, Grady Hendrix, he shared his Halloween story, um, from when he was a kid so pretty much everybody on in twitter on twitter and halloween shares like that like long winded spooky stories but um anyway so when i turned nine i realized i could sneak downstairs after everybody was asleep and eat anything i wanted from the fridge (laughs) and nobody ever noticed me um (laughs) so he could make peanut butter cheese whiz mayo sandwich leftover pizza scrape off the icing from birthday cake as long as i was careful nobody could do anything queen the workings of a sociopath, let's be real. Oh, really? Um, so me and I. Like, oh. <laughs> um, so creeping down was the hardest part. I had to navigate the pitch dark house all the way downstairs in total darkness like a tiny ninja. Walk on the edge of your feet. Exactly. Good yeah. to you. Mm-hmm. Totally. So one night in May 1981, we ordered fish and shrimp house. I waited until everybody was asleep and crept downstairs to eat um, the leftover sweet and sour pork. <laughs> <laughs> um, funny, it took forever. I finally stepped into totally dark. Into, into the totally dark den and leapt down my guard. All of a sudden, I heard oh. a fork 
click on the counter, I froze. The microwave clock light showed the outline of a man sitting at our kitchen counter. He couldn't see me, but I saw him, a skinny guy eating our leftovers and drinking our milk from the carton. They made way too much noise and took way too long, and by the time they got downstairs, the kitchen was empty. Everyone said I read too many horror comics, so they blew off what I said, but no one, no way was I pouring milk on my cereal that morning. I started tracking the position of everything in the house. One day, the paper napkin holder was on the wrong side of the counter. Another day, a mug was in the sink that was not there the night before. My bedroom door didn't lock, so I kept a steak knife under my pillow. I must have stabbed oh, myself in the hand a thousand one. times. So they checking, should never have to think about that. No, checking to make sure it's there. Then, in August, I was in my room reading when I looked up. There's an AC vent over my bed. Behind the vent, a pair of eyes watching no. me. I freaked and raised hell until my parents searched our attic and the crawl space under our house. Nothing. I wasn't very popular for a few weeks. The last week of our August, our house started to smell. One night, rice fell out of the vent over my bed. Maggots. Not rice. He realised. The AC people said something had probably crawled into the vents and died. Turns out what had crawled crawled into our vents and died was the guy. We lived in a house with lots of space between the walls and big ducks and he'd been living there since May last no year oh, he put so a, it was he put a foam pad beside my bedroom vent so he'd be comfortable when he watched me the police said he'd made lots of drawings but when i asked they pretended they didn't see anything wait 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 wait. sorry go back he the what guy, he what put what where so where the vents were like through the entire house it's yeah. a very old house the vents were huge okay he put he took foam from different parts of the vent mm-hmm. and laid it down like a bed, bed it, right. over his bed so he could watch the little boy as he slept and he drew pictures of him that the police didn't show him nobody ever identified him he was buried as john doe to this day i still can't look in the vents inside any house but sometimes when i'm in someone's house i smell a little bo coming from their central air conditioning and i wonder who's living back there in the ducks who's living in the dark that's there was actually um a story (laughs) oh in dubbo there was like this guy Mm. who was on the run for a long time i forget his name it was like easily 10 years ago or more and it turns out he was like living in the roof at the Dubbo Zoo he was like living in one of the cabins in the roof and he was um had been living there for a few months like a very notorious like famous murderer kind of guy who was missing and then he there was like a complete like um whole town hunt for him and they're like you know don't leave the houses Mm. and that kind of stuff turns out he was living in the roof of one of the um cabins Oh, where people are like holidaying oh and just like had been there for months or something. Oh my god! That is petrifying. That is probably one like of my one of my biggest fears. Same, same. That is very horrifying. Yeah, I did. I did a podcast earlier on. I'm not sure if you guys have heard it, but about the guy who lived in the attic and then he came out dressed yeah. as a ninja. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That, that is terrifying that to me because like he knew exactly who was like even if you said my husband's coming home in ten minutes. He knows. He knows, he knows you're, you're lying. Yeah. Because um, oh he's been staking it out. Yeah. So Good. it's I almost like they that. know your life more than you know your own habits, which is the scariest of thought to me. But so scary, um, even more reason to be erratic. Exactly. Let's not have routines. Exactly. And I always Story. think of that one scene. <laughs> be impulsive. Yeah. That one scene in Parasite. Oh. When you see the I guys, I still think of that. Yeah. That scares me Same. so much. And when you Same. tell those sort of stories, mm. oh. Ooh. That scene still is the scariest part of the movie to me. That's a great movie. That's anyway. the only bit that like Such scared me. One. Speaking of movies. Um, we've been doing horror movie of the week, and right. so this week's horror movie of the week, as recommended by James from Schedules Podcast, is oh Audition God. from 
Have you guys seen I've it? Never no, I've never heard of this. <gasps> wow. Audition. Okay. This is, is going to take me, like... is this going to like PTSD me no, back to my theater? Like center stage, but with like Mike Myers or something. <laughs> step up. <laughs> it's step up, but yeah. without Johnny Tatum. Oh. Um, okay, so Audition is 1999, Japanese horror film, directed by Takashi Miike, based on the 1997 novel by Ryu Murakami. It's about a widower who is named... <laughs> Here we go. Shigeharu Ayama. Mm-hmm. I think that sounds about right. You did perfect. Sounds Thank you. great. Whose son suggests that he should find a new wife. Ayama agrees and with a friend stages a phony audition to meet a potential new partner in life. After interviewing several women, Ayama becomes interested in Asami, who responds well to him. Although, as they begin to date, her dark past begins to affect their relationship. Audition was originally started by a Japanese company, Omega Project, who wanted to make a horror film after the great financial success of their previous production, The Ring. Um, And so they created Audition and it was like not as popular, but it was Mm -hmm. significantly scarier. Um, So I'm not going to go through the whole plot. This is one film that I don't want to spoil at all because it's one that is just like, if you like Parasite and if you like those kind of films that... um, just literally grab you by the throat and just rattle you around like mm. a ragdoll for the whole movie. Yeah. It does not let you go. It just like grabs you and the acting, the soundtrack, the writing is impeccable. And um, it's one of those like if you talk to somebody who's like really into horror movies, mm. it's always on their list. Like it's always okay. like up there. And Japanese horror is very unique and they, mm. they have their own really specific breed of like um, – creating images that just, like, mm. burn into your brain. Totally. Um, yeah, so in 1999, it does feel a bit, like, a little bit outdated now. When mm. you watch it, you're like, that's a cute phone. <laughs> <laughs> um, Things that pull you out of it. Yeah, and then you're always like, why would not you just get your mobile? And you're like, wait a minute. There was no Wi-Fi. <laughs> um, so I would give, I give Audition 4 out of 5, and it is highly recommended. Mm. I would recommend it to anybody who is interested in horror or Japanese horror in general. That sounds so good. It's really good. I think you'd like it. If you yes. watch it, either of you, Jordan, I think you're going to watch it. I'm going to watch it just because <laughs> I'm too if you, scared. If you watch it, let I will me know. watch it. Because um, I'd love to know what you think. It's it's really, really good. Um, but now we're going to have a very brief break and then we'll be back for our main story. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Okay, welcome back to the Schedulers Podcast with Geordie and Jeff. Hello. Hey. Hey. Or G&J. G&J Gardner Home. Wait, what did you what? say? G&J. Oh, I thought you said J&J. I was like, hun. G&J. G&J. G&J Gardner Homes. Yeah. Wow. I don't know what's going on. It's a brand right there. So today we're talking about the Dyatlov Pass. The what, sorry? Excuse the me. The Dyatlov Pass. Is that one word? Is that three? What, the what Dyatlov you- Space Pass. Is that like a... <laughs> We're really stuck on the title. Right? <laughs> We're not going to get far, are we? D-Y-A-T-L-O-V. Pass. D-Y-A-T-L-O-V. Pass. Okay. Like a highway. Kind of. It's a hiking trail. I am So the Dial of Pass is a very very notorious um, story. I'm sure. I'm surprised you haven't heard of it, either of you, actually. Um, we are I mean, convenient for right now. Well, very convenient. I'm sure the viewers <laughs> are like, the listeners are like, these people. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> it's just because like, I'm really intrigued by this whole story. I find it really interesting. So in 1959, a group was formed for a skiing expedition across the northern mountains in Sverdlovsk Oblast, which is in Russia, obviously, okay. according to the name. So Igor Dyatlov, who was a 23-year-old radio engineering student, was the leader of this group, and he... Um, organized nine colleagues from like university mm-hmm. to come along on this skiing slash camping hiking expedition thing. The reason they did this group, this, this like hike was because um, when they came back from the expedition, they would get their grade three certificate of hiking. I guess. It's like a yep. Duke of Edinburgh sort of vibe. <laughs> kind of vibe. Scout's badge. Yeah. Pretty much yeah. that kind of thing. Hot. The whole group okay. were very, very experienced. They had their grade twos. So they're all very like 
well seasoned and they knew exactly what they're doing. Completely marinated. And there were um <laughs> there was eight <laughs> There was eight men and two women in the group. Okay. So Ew, sorry. I know. This hiking to get the certificate three, they had to traverse three hundred kilometers of land oh. and expedi- expedi- expedite. Don't know. To get this grade three. So many better things. And with four men, like I Uh, can't. Two groups of four men. Eight men. Two groups of four. I was thinking like Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like ratio wise. I can't. The conversation would be so boring. The goal of the expedition was to reach a place called Gora or Torton, which was a mountain. Mm -hmm. Um, which was supposed to be like one of the most difficult mountains to conquer. Um and so January 25th, 1959, the group arrived by train at a place called Ivdel, which was a town um, which was at the centre of the northern province of Svlodvovsk Oblast mm-hmm. um, yep. in the early morning hours. So they got to this town at like 4am. Okay. Uh, they took a truck to a place called Vizhai, which is like a very small village um, that is like the last inhabited village until you go to the hike. So mm-hmm. imagine like train station, Small town, even small town, even small town. And then there's Visay, which is like Just the smallest. Base camp. Yeah, yep. Base camp, pretty much. So they got some bread um, and some water and like just ate some food and got yeah. ready for the hike. Great. So the next day, they January 27th, they began their trek toward the Gora or Torton, which is like their goal. Yep. Um, from the small village that we mentioned on January 28th, one of the members, Yuri Yudin, who suffered from um, a heart defect and like other health issues, he had to turn back because he had a knee and joint pain and he was unable to continue on the hike. Mm-hmm. His doctor said like, if you get any pain, just come back straight away because it won't be worth yep. Yep. Um, it. So the remaining nine people continued on the hike. Okay. So on January 31st, the group arrived at the edge of a highland area and began to climb. In a wooded valley, they placed food and equipment down, which is apparently called caching, which means that you put, like, water, food, equipment down Mm. to lighten your load, and then on the way back, you you grab grab that stuff. Okay. Yeah. Clever. And, like, eat on your way back kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Just to lighten your load on the way up. Because you're not going to be using it on the way up, so why would you keep it? Yeah. Makes sense. That's really smart. So, anyway. This is why I'm not a hunter. Give them their third badge already. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, deal done. A true, a true, (laughs) a true genius. (laughs) Um, So the following day, which was February 1st, the hikers started to move through the pass. The plan was to set up camp on the opposite side of the pass, but because of weather conditions got like pretty intense there was a snowstorm and visibility got really difficult they had to just be like look guys this is getting real intense they accidentally um made a mistake and they started to like move west instead of north Mm -hmm. um and so they ended up at this place called um kolatsiaki sure cool can't pronounce these names. But anyway, um, the group decided to set up camp here instead because they were like, look, we're not going to go. They've, they've moved 1.5 kilometers to the west instead of north. And they're like, we're not going to go all the way back just to set up camp. Let's set up camp here. Yeah. Um, and the weather was pretty intense. So obviously they set up camp in, this, in the midst of a snowstorm and um, they didn't come back down to like a safer area, which is the wooded area, mm-hmm. because they were like, we don't want to lose... A whole 1.5 kilometers. So that's why they decided to go there. Anyway. So before they even left for the expedition in the first place, Dyatlov had told his colleagues back at the sports club that he would send a telegram letting them know when they have arrived back back in that small village of Vizhai. Mm -hmm. Is this Um, the guy that... He started the expedition. He was the one that organized it all, Dyatlov. Okay. Um, And so Dyatlov told his colleague um, back at the university at the sports club Mm. um, that he would send a telegram no later than the 12th of February. But Dyatlov had told his colleague that it might be a little bit later because the past is like... (laughs) Quite what? Uh, didn't you say he wouldn't? He would send it, but then he was like, "Correct, he may not." It's like <laughs> pretty much he said. <laughs> pretty much he said, "Like we're going to send you a telegram on the twelfth. It won't be any later than twelfth. But if it is later, it's because the the pass is really difficult, and the telegram might come late because you might have to skip a day or two days." Okay. Um. Pretty much contingency. That's exactly right. Okay. So February. That was February twelfth, and then mm-hmm. February twentieth rolled around, and the relatives of the travelers were like. What the hell yeah, is going on? Too far. That's this a is bit too much. Too long. Yeah. Um, so they decided to like the relatives of the of the groups were like, we have to send out a uh, search party right now. Like yeah. this is becoming a joke. Um, 
And so rescue groups consisting of volunteers, students, teachers, and later the army um, were sent out with planes and helicopters being ordered to join the rescue operation. On February 26th, six days even further into the future, the searchers found the group's abandoned and badly damaged tent on that hill that they camped on. Mm. The campsite baffled the search party. They had no idea what the hell was going on. Wait, sorry. Was the, in that first day set up, that's where they found the tent? Correct. Okay. Yeah. And because remember how I said they deviated to the yeah. west? Mm-hmm. That's where they found the tent. Okay, and they were yeah. like, why is the tent here yeah. and not, yeah, not on the path? And then they, they figured out, okay, there must have been a snowstorm and they've accidentally moved mm-hmm. to far. this. Yeah. Um, and so a student found this, one of the students who was part of the search party, he mm-hmm. was one that found the tent. And he said the tent had was half torn down and was covered with snow. It was empty and all the group's belonging, belongings and shoes had been left behind. Um, investigators said the tent had been cut open from the inside eight or nine set sets of footprints left by people who were wearing only socks or a single shoe or were even barefoot could be followed leading down toward the edge of a nearby wood on the opposite side of the pass which was 1.5 kilometers away from the tent what Holy fuck, that is okay. actually terrifying. So, Who wears one sock and one shoe? So, how, however, snow? after oh. 500 meters, these tracks were covered with snow, so oh, tracks gone. disappeared. Lucky um, that we even, like, how are they still with. there? Yeah. Anyway, what, what do you like mean? Like the tracks. Oh, the tracks. No, I agree. Like, yeah. What? Lucky. Um, okay, so um, at the forest edge under a large Siberian pine tree, the searchers found the visible remains of a small fire. There were the first two bodies, those of Krivon Eshchenko and Doroshenko, shoeless and dressed only in their underwear. The branches of the tree were broken up to five metres high, suggesting that one of the skiers had climbed up to look for something, perhaps for the camp. Um, Between the pine and the camp, the searchers found three more corpses, Dyatlov, Kolomogora and Slobodin, who seemed to have died in poses suggesting they were attempting to return to the tent. They were found separately at distances 300, 480, 630 metres away from the tree. Finding the remaining four travellers took more than two months. They were finally found on May 4th under four metres of snow in a ravine 75 metres further into the wood from the tree. Three of those four were better dressed than the others, and there were signs that those who had died first had their clothes taken off for some strange reason. Dubonina was wearing... Um, what? <laughs> anyway, she was wearing a jacket and <laughs> <laughs> she had torn her trousers and her left foot and shin were wrapped in um, some sort of fabric. A legal inquest started immediately after the first five bodies were found. A medical examination found no injuries that might have led to their deaths, and it was eventually concluded they died of hypothermia. Slobodin had a small crack in his skull, but it was not thought to be fatal wound. An examination of the four bodies that were found in May shifted the narrative as to what had occurred during the incident. Three of the ski hikers had fatal injuries. Um, One of them had a major skull damage to the head, and the other two had major chest fractures as well. According to a doctor, the force required to cause such damage would have been extremely high, comparable to the force of a car crash. Notably, the bodies had no external wounds associated with the bone fracture, as if they'd been subjected to a high level of pressure. What the hell? What? A a high level pressure of a car crash. Correct. So, like, it wasn't a a knife. I'm so confused. Was um, it like a a footstep? No, it wasn't like someone hit them. It was like inside pressure there was pressure that pushed what? and um cracked it actually cracked their oh ribs yeah. and crushed their heart um so whatever it was what the fuck was so was so intense that it um that it killed them so all body all four bodies were found at the bottom of a creek in a running stream of water um they all had so all of those bodies were found like away like even further into the woods the ones that mm-hmm. took like two months to find yeah they all had soft tissue damage to their head and face for example dibonina was missing her tongue eyes oh. part of the lips as well as facial tissue and a fragment of her skull and another one who was found um on the creek had his eyeballs missing and the okay, other and the other guy two. um the other body that was found his eyebrows were missing like so Drag random one? 
<laughs> it's like sorry frankenstein what's going on oh what God. does this mean I hate this. i've okay. never heard of eyebrows being a thing that you would remove no like it's very real strange or in horror films well it's like when you remove them how much like what are you keeping just a few stray hairs mm-hmm. anyway okay. so okay must mean here's the thing well. the initial <laughs> speculation was that the indigenous mancy people reindeer who were like reindeer herders mm. um that they had attacked and murdered the group for like coming onto their land mm-hmm. okay so that 1.5 kilometer that they deviated on right. that's moving into indigenous land yeah. and so the initial speculation was that these people murdered yeah um them but several Mansi were interrogated and the investigator indicated that the nature of their deaths did not support mm-hmm. this at all. Mm-hmm. Like they were like, how could they cause so much damage so much. Damage and pressure? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Wouldn't they have like stab wounds or mm-hmm. choking wounds? Yeah. Nothing was there. So although the temperature was very low around minus 25 to <laughs> minus 30 degrees Celsius oh, with a, a storm just blowing. Just a bit low, just yeah. a bit chilly. A bit chilly. Um, the dead were only partially dressed. So some of them had only one shoe while others had no shoes and wore only socks. Some were found wrapped in snips of ripped clothing that seemed to have been cut from those who were already dead. Mm -hmm. Mm. So here are some like just quick like tips on like just like dot points on it. Okay. So we've got six of the group members died of hypothermia and three of fatal injuries. Mm -hmm. There were no indications of other people nearby, um, the group mm-hmm. rather than the travels because of the footprints. There was nobody else around. Mm-hmm. Yep. The tent had been ripped open from yeah, okay. inside, inside. the tent. Okay. The victims had died six to eight, eight hours after their last meal. Traces from the traces from the camp showed that all group members left the campsite on their own accord on foot. Mm-hmm. High levels of radiation were found on the victim's clothing. The dispel- what, does what does that mean? Mm, it's, and okay, so the t- alien t- shit. Right <laughs> there. Oh. <laughs> to dispel the theory of an attack by the indigenous Mansi people, um, uh, this doctor stated that the fatal injuries of the three bodies could not have been caused by another human being mm. because the force of the blows that had been too strong and no soft tissue had been damaged. Um, release documents contained no information about the condition of the skier's internal organs, and there were no survivors of the incident. Maybe. <sighs> It's like, where do you start? It's like, where do we begin? Yeah. Um, so, obviously, people are freaking out. Yeah. My leg hurts. That's okay. We're, we're flipping around. Okay, so, speculations obviously arose. People are like, mm, government, what's going on here? Why? Are all Like, what's going on? It just seems too sus. Mm-hmm. Why are all these people dead? Why did, you not, why did you not release any information about yeah. their internal organs? Why is there radiation on some of their clothing? There's so many questions. Okay. But also there's always going to be an element of like, well, we don't want, well, their argument would be, we don't want to freak you out. Exactly. T. Yeah. That's T. Yeah. Thank you for being here. Yep. <laughs> I'm glad someone's <laughs> adding value to this conversation. <laughs> so in 1997, it was revealed that the negatives from um, one of the hikers camera. <gasps> oh, kept, here yeah. we fucking go. Were this kept is where in the, the silhouettes pri- coming in the yeah. fucking background. Um, and it was kept in one of the private archives of one of the investigators and they never told anybody that they found the camera. The film material was donated by um, the person that passed away's daughter and it was di- donated to the Diatlov Foundation. Um, and you can look at these photos. They're actually like really weirdly eerie because they're all very like, you look at the photo and it's like, a bunch of friends going on a hike. Mm-hmm. They're all like... But you know what's going to happen. And you know exactly what's going to happen. So it's like really strangely eerie. Um, I'll post a photo on the Instagram and Facebook, but they are, yeah, pretty strange and eerie. But but like, why would they keep it? See, it's things like that where people are like, oh, I, they found this thing, they keep it, and they never hand it in. So mm. I can see the sentimental thing like, oh, I'm never going to see them again. This, mm. is something, this can be my thing. Mm. But also, like, it just makes you seem more, not sus, like... Mm, yeah. it, it just doesn't sit well yeah i agree i'd be like anxious as all hell that sure. someone at some point in my life is going to come find and find it. it yeah and then i because they kept it to their personal mm. archives not just the police yeah. it was like i'm keeping this myself yeah it's, like, mm, it's, it's odd, isn't it? um so on 12th of april 2018 the remains of um one of the hikers were wait 12th of april 2018 correct one of the, the remains of one of the hikers were was dug up upon the initial Initiative of journalists of a Russian tabloid newspaper. I'm not going to even bother pronouncing it. <laughs> <laughs> um, contradictory results were obtained. One of the experts stated with that the character of the injuries resembled a person knocked down by a car and the DNA analysis did not reveal any similarity to the DNA of living relatives. In addition, it turned out the name 
Simon Zolo Tarev was not on the list of buried at the cemetery. Nevertheless, the reconstruction of the face from the exhumed skull agreed with the post-war photographs of old mate uh, Zolo Tarev, <laughs> although journalists expressed suspicious that another person was hiding under the same name after World War II. So the person that they thought was being buried wasn't being buried. Correct. It was someone was hiding someone as... No, else. someone was pretending to be that person. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. It just adds... It, to the reason I mentioned this even in the first place just adds to the whole like, mystery of this entire story. It's just so Like, strange. my initial thought when you said that they died and it was cut from the inside makes me think that, like, maybe someone snapped within yeah. the group. Like, that was my yeah. initial thought. But That's then the, the theories, pressure from inside and makes like, you how? think what yeah. is... Like superhuman strength of something. Yeah. Or... Wait, I'm a bit confused about the burial bit. Wait, what? Someone at uh, one of the hikers. One of the hikers could potentially be someone else. An outsider. Correct. Okay. Not even a pretending hiker. to be someone in the in, the, in the past. Yeah. Um. So in February 2019, no, Russian. Even <laughs> I love that this is so current. <laughs> I know. Um, Russian authorities reopened the investigation into the incident, but. Only three possible explanations were being considered. So there were mm-hmm. avalanche, snow slab, snow slab, avalanche, or a hurricane. And the possibility of a crime had been discounted. That's it. They close the case. And just forget about like radioactive I guess stuff. Avalanche and, would make sense with pressure. The pressure would make sense mm. because the snow and, like, eventually would melt. So if you were hit by snow at a large speed and it mm. melted and you came to see these bodies and you're like yeah. Strange. The snow is already gone. And also debris in this, like caught right. in the avalanche. Um, and the re- so there's a bunch of theories that are so interesting and I love them. So this is both the theory that an juicy. avalanche caused the hiker's death, while initially popular, has since been questioned. Reviewing um, this skeptic, uh, American skeptic by the name of Benjamin, Benjamin Radford, mm-hmm. he suggests um, a more plausible explanation. So... That the group woke up in a panic and cut their way out of the tent, either because an avalanche had covered the entrance to the tent or okay. because they were scared that okay. an avalanche was imminent. So much more reasonable. Okay, that, I'm into that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I'm down with that. Yeah. They were poorly clothed because they had been sleeping and ran the to the safety yeah. Yeah. of the nearby woods um, where trees would been help slow the incoming snow. Correct. Still, though, when you're in a tent, you're not that warm. No, you're not. Like, you're not that warm um, where you like shoes. Thermal. No, off, for sure. You need clothes. True, okay. And then um, <laughs> in the darkness of the Can night, do. they got separated into three, two or three groups. One made a fire, hence the burning hands. And mm-hmm. so one of them had burnt hands. So sorry, I didn't okay. mention that. And then there was Try like to. the debris of the fire. Yeah. While the others had tried to return to the tent to recover their clothing since the danger had apparently passed, but it was too cold and they all froze to death before they could locate their tent in the darkness. At some point, some of the clothes may have been recovered or swapped from the dead, but at any rate, the group of four whose bodies were most severely damaged were caught in an avalanche and buried under four metres of snow. (sighs) Um, And the Dubonina's tongue was likely removed by scavengers which is an ordinary prediction. So like birds, yeah, whatever it might have been. Then he goes on to talk about the Yeti. Yeah, <laughs> yes. he said it might have been a Yeti. Well, yeah. he's, he's, he's joking. Just drop that one in there because he like gives this like very like academic and like well explained. Like I've just like really paraphrased it, but he goes into say how like the pressure of an avalanche, well, such and sense. such, and then he goes on like or it could be Yeti. I live for that. That's <laughs> yes. just funny. Okay, but another one. Have um, you heard of a that um, one? Just that sounds like. Legit. That's I'm into it. that. That's yeah, it. I'm into that. You like, just wait. <gasps> just wait. Change my mind. So a catabatic wind. Sorry. Okay. In Excuse 2019, me. a Swedish-Russian expedition was made to the site after and after investigations, they propose that a violent catabatic wind is likely the explanation of the incident. So catabatic winds are somewhat rare events that can be extremely violent. Um, they were implicated in a 1978 case at um, Anaris Mountain in Sweden, where eight hikers were killed and one was seriously injured in the aftermath of a catabatic wind. The typography of these locations were noted to be very similar according to the expedition. A sudden catabatic wind would have made it impossible to remain in the tent and the most rational cause course of action would be for the hikers to cover the tent with snow and seek shelter among the tree line. There was also a torch left turned on top of the tent, possibly left there intentionally so the hikers could find their way back to the tent after the wind subsided. The expedition proposed that the group of hikers constructed two 
um, shelters, one of which collapsed, leaving four of the hikers buried with the violent injuries observed. So as when you say the wind, it's just strong winds. It's like, like super really strong. Past the point of gale force winds. Like right. Next level. Okay. Yeah. Extreme. Super grill shit. Yeah. Then there's a theory of infrasound. Yeah, we yeah. <laughs> so another hypothesis which is popularized by Donnie Eicher um, in a book called Dead Mountain is the wind going around um, is that the wind going around Colat Sikal created a um, what you call a Carmen Vortex Street okay okay which can produce which can produce something called infrasound capable of causing um, panic attacks in humans so according oh. to Ica's theory the infrasound generated by the wind as it passed over the top of the mountain was responsible for causing physical discomfort and mental Ooh. distress Ica claims that because of their panic the hikers were driven to leave the tent by whatever means necessary flood down the slope by the time they were further down the hill, they would have been out of Infrasound's path and would have regained their composure, but in the darkness they can't, couldn't come back, blah, 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 they died. It's like... That's interesting. That idea is like that. super... Uh, oh, I don't know. Like, I don't want to say like cool because obviously people died, mm. but... No, the, no, no, it's, the, cool. the, it's like a super... Like, it's almost like Mother Nature is yeah. like, fuck you, you can't mm-hmm. climb me. Yeah. I'm in control. Uh, yeah. And it makes you panic. I didn't even know that was a thing. Well, also, so, a good thing to know about hypothermia is that your body um, actually feels hot. Yeah, it's like burning. So you take clothes take off. off. Uh, so people were like, well, it would make sense if they were naked or unclothed, if there was an avalanche because they were sleeping. So mm-hmm. they jumped out of the tent, yep. not clothed, and then they came back. Clothes. But see, that just doesn't make sense to me in the middle of Russia, like sleeping. Even, You're not that even warm. If, in... Even if the tent was, like, covered in snow, why would they cut it? The covered in snow theory like... makes total sense yeah. to me, though, because okay. that's a, actually a way of getting like... warmth and protecting yourself from, like, I've... I have watched Bear Grylls. some survival shows. But bitch. if the tent was covered in snow mm. and there were this... Um, educated, wouldn't they stay in the tent to be like, okay, well, this is going to be safer than going out right now? But they could just get more snow on top of them. Are we going back to avalanche? Theory? We're going back to avalanche theory for now. I think. I... What about they? What they did was they covered it in snow. Like okay, so they're in like they're on a mountain. They're on a mm. hill. They covered it in snow because initially it was winds, and they're like, we need to get warmth and like not be fucked from these winds. And then they were like, hold up, avalanche, and they had to cut mm. out and like run away. Mm. I don't well, know. The first one seems no the most. Legit. What the oh, avalanche? This theory, this next yeah, theory is my... it's like so much more mm. like. I know it's like real. boring. No, no, and you but want my, it to be the aliens. next theory is my favorite theory. Uh, military tests. Oh, so Ooh, I don't like that. speculation <laughs> exists that the campsite. Okay, get ready for this. You're gonna gag. the campsite campsite fell within the path of a soviet parachute mine exercise so the theory alleges that the hikers woken by loud explosions fled the tent in a shoeless panic and found themselves unable to return for supply retrieval after some members froze froze to death attempting to endure the bombardment others commanded um commanded their clothing only to be fatally injured by subsequent parachute mine concussions um, there are indeed records of parachute mines being tested by the Soviet military in that same area around the time the hikers were there. Parachute mines detonate while still in the air rather than striking on the earth, and it produces signature injury, injuries similar to those experienced by the hikers. Heavy internal damage with com- comparably less external trauma. The theory coincides with reported sightings of glowing orange orbs floating or falling in the sky within the general vicinity of the hikers at the same time. And... The hikers even took photos of these glowing orbs. Okay, I'm in. I'm in. That's it. That's Um, it. Case closed. And the radioactivity part. Yeah. That's like that. Mm Mm-hmm. That's calm. Then, I've switched. I've switched. This theory. <laughs> Avalanche can go fuck itself. <laughs> yeah. This Your theory, um, among others. Uses, <laughs> <laughs> um, so this theory uses, uses scavenging animals to explain Dabina's injuries so that they say, look, it's ship. probably animals who bit off a tongue. Yeah, yum, yum. Yeah. Some speculate the bodies were unnaturally manipulated due to the um, characteristic lever mortis markings discovered during autopsy as well as burns to the hair and skin. Um, photographs of the tent allegedly show that it was apparently erected incorrectly, something the experienced hikers were unlikely to have done. A similar theory alleges the testing of radio- radiological weapons and is partly based on the discovery of radioactivity on some of the clothing and some of the bodies. However, radioactive dis- 
dispersal would have affected of all the hikers, not just one of them. Mm. Um, but yeah. But maybe some of them are that's like really quick runners as well. Like that's why Correct. it only got like the slow Joe Bob at the end. Yeah. I think I believe that. Yeah. If there's photos of it, come on. It's a bit sus. And it makes sense that you you know, hear explosions, you're going to cut yourself out of the tent. You're not going to worry about where's the zipper. Let me get the fly. You're going to like get the fuck out and Mm. run and you're all going to just going to disperse in different ways. And then obviously there's a theory of aliens with orbs. Yeah, we live. Mm. We love that theory. Um, Keeps us creative, I feel. (laughs) It does. (laughs) There's also a theory called, um, well, not a theory, just a thing called paradoxical undressing. So the International Science Times posited the hiker's death were caused by hypothermia, which can be induced a behavior known as paradoxical undressing, in which hypothermic subjects remove their clothing in response to perceived (laughs) feelings. So they feel like they're literally burning. Um, And it's undisputed that six of the nine hikers Hikers died of hypothermia. It's like burlesque, but like cold. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> um, and so this is the. We shouldn't, like, people are dying, and I'm like, here. Like, <laughs> so this is like all of the. This is all of the theories put in one. Okay. Either A, they're attacked by the Mansi people. Mm-hmm. B, they were attacked by and chased by animal wildlife. Uh-uh. C, it was an avalanche. No. Mm. Well, D, me. it was high winds. No. No. <laughs> e, it was um, nuclear or military testing. Certainly. Yeah. F, it was aliens. Also, certainly. Or G, it was simply just hypothermia. Mm, and then now. we go to G. I love that there's so many options. The G, G is... Um, All of the above. The G is that... <laughs> the G is that... Um, there was a lot of sexual tension between. Oh, no, yeah, yeah that's you. it. That's the only one. Because they were confined. Too to, many guys in one area. Because yeah. they were confined. To that's a small what area. I said early yeah. on in this fucking. Who <laughs> so, pointed out yeah. in the first two seconds of this story something's gonna go exactly. awry? And so there were no drugs present, and the only alcohol was a small flask of medicinal alcohol. Yeah, no. Um, the group had even sworn off cigarettes, so they were like very much like <sighs> health queens. Um, and so there is obviously the G theory, which is they had a fight and they killed each other. That's not sorry. Which I don't believe. I don't know. This no. is as if I love that some bitch, like they're trying to figure out what's going on. She's like, maybe they're fine. Maybe they're fucking like into each other. It was only day one. If it was maybe like day yeah, 18 exactly, of like 25, exactly. maybe exactly. there could have been a fight. Yeah. But, but like, not day one. It's like, they're like, still fresh. I just think the astronauts in the International Space Station aren't fucking murdering each other. No, they're not. And they're stuck there for like a long yep. ass time. But that is a story of Delta Pass. Wow. Thank, thank you. so much. Thank I did like the you. options. That was fun. Yeah. Yes. Well, I, I much prefer, like as much as I would love to think that people die in like a really nicely pleasant, not too horrific way. I always find myself drawn to like, I want it to be the most crazy mm, thing. Mm. I sure. personally um, lean towards the military. Um, yes. Because of all the strange cover, like the photos not yeah. coming out. Have you got any like that. of the photos? Yeah, I can show you. I'd love to have a little yeah. look. See, What would, look? if it did come out as it was a military bomb drop, does that mean that they would like... What would be the court case that will come out of that? Well, that's the thing. It's Soviet Russia, so it's like... Probably nothing. Nothing. Probably nothing, Yeah. They don't Um, give a fuck about human rights. So this is them. I'll show you a few photos. I'll put put all of these on the Instagram. Um, Yeah, I'm very intrigued by this. But also, it would have been super cool if Mother Nature was the one that was just like... Yeah, that'd be hot. White noise, like slow. This is them the day before they left. Oh. So they're just like sweet bunch of photos. It's so cute. Yeah. And then this is the tent. Um, God, they, though, I'm when never they doing this. found the tent. It's like, um, shall we go camping? <laughs> I literally was talking about going camping. That's when they found the tent. That's what it looked like. Just oh, like, it's in a much a more clutch. cleared area than I thought it would be. Mm. I imagined cleared, but I imagine not like that. Just like, just completely flattened. flattened. Um, there's a bunch of other photos of like, just nice stuff. So that was Dale of Pass. Um, pretty spooky. It's very well known. There's also uh, like a weird... Early I can 2000s. imagine like a movie being made. Yeah, it's, yeah. Very, it's early, very that early two thousands reenactment movie, which is not good. Um, like that. Oh god, sorry. I'm like tangent queen. I love it. Um, what's that dumb skiing movie? Um, Frozen. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually called Frozen. Oh yeah, yeah, no, it is. Yeah, when it's, they get yeah. stuck on the ski lift. Yeah, they get it's stuck on Frozen. the ski lift. Have you seen that? No. What? This is a movie. Of the people whole movie on is them lift. stuck on the ski lift. Yeah. They go up for like the last ski of the day. 
And then they're stuck. They're and stuck. then, oh my God, the can you believe so it? They're the stuck on the sky lift. It's pretty shit. It's so bad, but um, we so live. So unbelievable. Yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly. So here's the thing, everybody listening. I was supposed to do Bigfoot and then I decided not to do Bigfoot because there's so much information on Bigfoot. It is ridiculous. Mm. And I don't know where to start. That's like, like Pandora's box of yeah. big feet. And there's so, <laughs> and there's so <laughs> many, there's so many oh. different like... There's Yeti, there's Bigfoot, the abominable snowman. I think you need blah, to blah, keep blah. Yeti and Bigfoot separate. They're cousins though, the Cochinas. They are but they deserve Cuchinas. their own space, right? That's true. But yeah, come on. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Wait, d- keep like Yowie. I think if you're doing a Yowie episode, keep that very like Australiana. Mm. <laughs> and then Bigfoot, I feel like Bigfoot's not very a big, it's, very it's American. so yes. American. Yeah. Well, pretty much the whole vibe started in America. Anyway, we'll, you'll yikes, get into it. We'll yikes. get into it. Don't worry. Um, long story short, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, that was a lot of fun. Thank you for having us. You're so welcome. And um, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and uh, Facebook. And um, we also have a Facebook group called the Schedulers Podcast Group, where I post every episode. And also, I post like just spooky stuff in general that we love to chat about. So, if anybody wants to join, including you, Jeff, hi. Yeah, I'm not um, on it. Well, how dare you? Big <laughs> fan. Yeah. Big fan. Um, but again, thank you so much, everybody. And I'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.